Bernard's full time UN, and this week uh, we're still a three, but we have rotated a little bit. Uh, Liam's missing due to illness, but I don't think it's COVID. Uh, Greg's back. How you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Was hoping it was going to be on better circumstances, but gives me something to moan about, I suppose. I know. I was thinking that's the first game you've managed to get to this year. It's Easter Road, anyway. You've you were at pre-season games and stuff, and you've obviously you were at the at the Derby. But that was your first game at Easter Road, eh? first drop points, and. No, no, it was not my first game. In the league? Yeah. Aye, in the league? Oh, fuck, oh, no, fuck, I sat with you at the North County game as well. Fuck, sorry, mate. Uh, Harry, how you doing? Uh, I'm fuming, mate. Hibs on the top of the league. I'm not satisfied. Get Don't get Ross out. Get every single one of them out of my club. It's <laughs> sickening. Right, let's, let's, let's try and not get off to like what Hibs did. We don't want to be off the pace in the first half quite to the level that Hibs were on Saturday. Um... <laughs> Before the game, you seen the team, Harry, pretty happy with that? It's, a, uh... it's one of those things, I think it's about as good a team as you could have put out given the injuries and stuff at the moment, but it's just the formation we came out in as, as soon as the game started. Do you started. think that's our str- even with a fully-fledged team, do you think that's our strongest eleven? I, I, I think I think Deutsch has got to be in the strongest starting eleven because I always think we play our best football when Deutsch is in the team. Also, I really like Jamie Murphy. Um and I, I don't think that Cadden's a left winger and I don't think Boyle's a left winger. So I don't think you're going to be a strongest starting 11 if you've got a random out, out of position. So, yeah. Well, um, I sort of thought it was going to be 3-5-2 when I seen the lineup. Mm-hmm. to be honest. It, it surprised me when I seen the Boyle line-up on the left to start and then I think they, mm-hmm. they, they slipped halfway through. Um, what, what do you sort of put... It was just flat the first half, wasn't it, Greg? And... The St Mirren goal, I mean, I don't think either team really deserved to be in front, but what what would you put it down to? Because there was just nothing from either team until the goal. I don't know. I mean, I think it was, I think last season we spoke about the way we start games of football. You know, we maybe weren't quick enough to start some games last season, and, and that was the same on Saturday. I felt like we didn't show anything, we didn't try and do anything. Um, we were just very. We're just very plain, eh? I was expecting mm. a wee bit more from us. Um, I mean, the goal we conceded is, is beyond unacceptable at, at any level of football. Um, we, we have an attack in, in the St Mirren box and it's literally a thump up the park. Like, it's aimless. Um, and, I mean, you can probably blame the two of them, Porteous and the goalie, to be fair. Um, mm. I know we, we had a bit of a discussion about that over WhatsApp on Saturday, but... Uh, for me, Porteous has got to be doing better for a start. Um, doesn't really deal with Brophy, just kind of lets them run, and then Macy's got to be got to be stronger with the hand as well. But I'll let I'll let you and Harry bash that one out because I know that. No, I think to and fro with you pair at the weekend. At the game, I didn't really criticise Macy that much because the shot should never happen. All Eamon Brophy wants to do is shoot. No matter where he is on the park, all he wants to do is shoot. He'd done it earlier in the half where St Mirren were in a good position at the edge of the box. He was on like the fucking corner of the box. I mean, we had about 75 players between him and the goal and he had a shot. All he does is shoot and Porteous just lit. It's so easy for him to get on his right foot. He, like, I just, he's no close. Like, you can't even say 
I think Brophy is right footed. So it's not like he's yeah. showing him on his weak foot. But even if it was his weak foot, he's so far away from him. Like, I just, it's terrible defending. It's really, yeah. really, really bad defending. And I think, obviously, with the ball going down the line, I think at Tynecastle he got caught out once or twice. Like, no, he tried to sort of initiate contact with, yeah. was it Mackay Stephen? And uh, Mackay Stephen sort of nipped around the back of him. So I don't know if that was in his head that he didn't want to get really drawn out wide. But uh, I hate the goalkeeper shouldn't get beaten on their post. I think that's such a shit football phrase because you've got there's other factors so that was what my thought was at the game and also being in these stands like you can't really tell the angle that it goes in it and stuff like that especially being at that that side as well because I'm too honest Liam today um, I'll I'll hit you with one of his lines cliches are cliches for a reason and the reason that the people say that goalkeepers are supposed to save it at the near post is because goalkeepers are meant to save it at the near post if Brophy hits a shot and he curls at top corner far post no problem. Problem. I just don't buy it. And Macy can get a hand on it. That it needs to go out outside the goal. He can't get a hand on it and go in and be acceptable. It's unacceptable for a goalkeeper at any level. Utter bullshit. I think that's complete and utter bullshit. Oh, because you get a hand to it. What if it's it's a near post? It's not exactly. It's not the best hit shot in the world. Obviously, you shouldn't get shot away in the first place. I just think near post is. I don't think near. So what, should he just shag his near post and let, just let him put it he in sh- the He shouldn't shag his near post, but like, he should make sure his near post is covered. The height, yeah, I'm, I'm not joking, right? You see the height, yeah? He's down he's quick. He's got a big enough stretch I mean, like... to go near post and far post. That is pathetic for me. That is. Actually, so, so, by the way, um, we're, we're coming to the coaching school of Ewan. Um, if, if you're a defender and you want to play the ball across the goal, definitely do it. Because it's it's just a, it's a phrase in football. I don't no, know why don't it's a phrase. Know. It's just a phrase in football. No, but that is a fucking myth as well. Don't like, oh, don't pass the ball. Oh, mate. Jesus. No, like, folk, folks say, oh, you don't pass it across the face of your goal when you're like 20, 20 30 yards out. Every team in the world fucking does it now when you're p- playing it for the back. It's, it's fucking, so relative. Like, the don't pass it across the face, of, the face of your goal is the most 55-year-old dad, no offence to 55-year-old dads that are listening, shout in the world because that was back in the day when you just launched it. If Folk will moan if had launched the ball, so that was a Ted, like, so you're saying like 30 yards out, Hamlin can't pass the ball, Portra? Well, yeah, I, 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 what, I, I, actually, I actually, <laughs> him in the first half and he played an aimless ball down the line that went out for a throw-in and he tried to cross field. And well, surely both of them are better than passing it across the face of goal. But surely. see, to be honest, he needs to stop it because it is so bad. Like, it is so bad. Nobody in the first half really had a wee bit of... I don't think anyone was good in the first half. They, they didn't have any just... in the past and there was, there was no real movement. It was very laboured. And do you know what? I'm going to say right now, we're not good with one up front if it's Kevin Nisbet. It doesn't work. And for me, it doesn't work. Because, because all you're doing is... Yeah, if we do thump the ball up, I mean, he's not going to win it. He, he doesn't really challenge in the air. Um, you're waiting on then McGinnis coming up and supporting. Boyle didn't really do anything. Cadden got horsed out left, which is an absolute waste of time. I feel like that first half was just an absolute waste. I was. I don't necessarily think the issue is with Nisbet up front on his own. I just think he's not performing to... In the last two games, he hasn't performed to the level that he had in the first four or five games of the season, like in all competitions. And but one up I think we say that in pre season at the start of the season, one up front is solely dependent 
on the players around them. And I don't think one up front works if you try to play with two out and out wingers. I think you need McGuinness to be up his chuff and you need someone like Murphy that wants to drift inside all the time. So you've got, because like you said, Nisbet's not going to win headers. I don't think he made much of an effort to do it either, but he's not a big guy. He's decent. His hold-up plays usually all right, to be fair. I mean, in the last two games, it's been pretty shy, but it's usually all right. But ultimately, if you're playing one up front and on the occasions where you do go long, it's second balls. And I would say McGuinness was, like everyone was poor in the first half. So I, mm. there's no really any point in criticising anyone. Maybe they got past marks in the first half. Just criticise everyone, man. Like, uh, like, there's no, I, and, like, I just, I don't I think would like any to get relaxed that after you're done. That's fine, mate. I'm just going to. I've been such a happy clapper, Harry. No, I'm not being a happy clapper. I genuinely, I thought Paul McGinn had a very good first half. I, I don't think that's unfair to say. I thought he actually looked very competent. And if it wasn't thanks to him, we would have been further behind. I don't like calling out individual mistakes in the game that lead to nothing, but he let a three-yard pass slip right underneath his foot and out for a throw. As did the... Joe Newell done about 75 pivots on the ball rolled it to him again and it just slipped under his foot and it was one of them you could tell it's what you see all the time he's thinking about the next pass he's no concentrating he's just no fully and he's no fully on what's happening at that point and that for me just summarised the first half it was lacklustre it wasn't even like it was like I said like Samir wasn't really offering much it wasn't even like it was it was just meh you know what I mean it was just like like I would say it was shite, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I'm not joking, it was so bad. And see, but, see, the... see at the point that Paul McGinn let that go under his foot, I think there have been about three, four, five, six, yeah, twenty-two other passes that just were shit. So that didn't help. I was furious at half-time, uh, and then, <laughs> like, I mean, that, that goal we conceded was, was just incredible. So let's move into half time. Obviously, I sent a text to you guys because uh, obviously, Greg, you're on the West End, the rest is in the East yeah. So, in the good chat, for the first time this season, I said we should bring Scott Allen on. And as I sent it, he came waltzing out the tunnel. And I think there was probably, there was, probably was a consensus, I think, from most people on the ground. I know a lot of people would have him starting every week, but it did feel like it was going to be a game for Scott Allen probably in the, in the, uh, in the second half. Do you think? Jack Ross got that sub correct and, and sort of the position that he came on for was Cadden just the worst they have really bad bunch or would you have done else like would you have rather seen him in the middle of the park and like, and I think the credit's got to go to Jack Ross because the players did come out firing for sort of that 20 minutes after half time so we all sort of say we don't think he can get them going well I felt like for that period after half time they probably did I think um, it's um, oh, no you go break I think for me, I think it was harsh on Cadden, to be fair. I don't think, you know, he's getting horsed out left. It's, it's really not, it's not his position. Um, I think we all know who I want to be playing it right back and it's certainly not Paul McGinn. <laughs> um, for me, it should be Chris Cadden, I think. Chris Cadden gives you both both sides of the game. He, he, can, he can go forward and he can defend, but... I've slagged off Neil McCann before for, for playing Scott Allen at, at kind of left midfield at Dundee, so shows how much I know, to be fair. Um, I actually thought he'd done very well, though. 
I was surprised at where he was playing. I thought he maybe would have put McGuinness out left. Um, we've seen that before. But he came on and he, he done very well. And I know we've maybe been a bit sceptical of of how well he might do this season or how fit he is. I'm still sceptical, I'll be honest. Was it? I'm still... Jury's still fully out. For me. Uh, I, 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 I'm very... Much in the camp of we'll take it one week at a time. This isn't mm-hmm. this isn't Scott Allen's pass to starting every week for me, because um, I don't think every game suits him. But yeah, look, I thought he done very well and, and he definitely made an impact. He got us moving. The the passing he was drifting inside. He was looking for the ball all the time. So in that aspect, it was it was very very good. There you go, Harry. Well, right, just I actually I just come in on that and I'll pose the next question after me. What's Well, you were going to say something when, when you let Greg go. <laughs> I know. I, I was just going to say, I think two weeks in a row, Jack Gross started the game wrong. Um, I think that the it's just the structure. I, I think is after half time the team looked a lot more fluid in the way they were playing. I think it was the same at Tynecastle. We just look really rigid when we play a 4-3-3. It just doesn't suit us at all. Because obviously Scott Allen was um, primarily out on the left, but he could drift inside and it wouldn't really make a difference to the actual flow of the team. Um, I, I think shoehorning formations is the worst thing you can do. Just stick to either a 3-5-2 or a 4-4-2 because it's what works with the team or a 4-2-3-1. But 4-3-3 mm-hmm. doesn't work with this Hibs team um, and we need to stop doing it. The experiment's been done for two games in a row and it's cost us four points. So just stick to yeah. what you know. I um, I think for me, yeah. I, I think really, I think like relationships and, on the park and like sort of comfortability and stuff is massive as well and Mine when Portress first went off, he shifted, sorry, when Hamlin first went injured, he shifted Portress to the left and McGregor came in on the right when obviously Portress has a relationship with McGinn and stuff and then was it was that the day Aker game, he switched it and it, we struggled but then we swapped it back and we looked a lot better again and then obviously Hamlin's come back into the team since. Just stupid things like, see Josh Doig having Martin Boyle in front of him? That takes up space that Josh Doig normally fills. I've got Paul, Ma- Paul McGinn Paul McGinn is used to playing with Martin Boyle. Do you know what I mean? No Chris Cadden. Like just Chris Cadden's a totally different player for Boyle. Cadden likes to get the ball at his feet and get the ball in the box. Boyle likes to drive at them. A lot of the time come inside so Paul McGinn can get involved on the right side. Like I felt lining up with Cadden on the right and Boyle on the left actually nullified the fullbacks a lot because Dodge used to having pretty much the full left side to himself because Murphy drifts he drifts everywhere. And I think even in the second half, I don't think Doyle's been great this season, and he wasn't even that be- much better, I don't think, in the second half. But he did get forward a few times to good effect. And I think it's because there was just fucking room for it. You know what I mean? Like, just that sort of comfortability. That, because I, like, McGinn and Doig, especially was it Ross County, I want to say, when we absolutely battered them, they were really influential in that game. And it's because Boyle was always cutting into the right side, but Murphy's always cutting into the left side. And they've got so much room. But I just think playing with the two out-and-out wingers in that sort of 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3 that we have done at the weekend, it kept Nisbet isolated, it stopped the full-backs getting forward, and we just looked so devoid of ideas. Um, but uh, what do, uh, did you have to say on Josh Doig? I, I don't know if you've noticed it as well, but it's something that Mikey, who I sit with at the Games, pointed out, and it was so apparent. Every single time we get the ball to Paul Hanlon or a left-sided midfielder, Doig just stands back. Last season, mm-hmm. he would pound down the wing. He'd take the ball in stride and he'd drive at people, but he holds back and then he gets the ball to feet. And it's just not his strength at all. I don't know if it's been drilled into him to start playing like that 
or if it's a choice that he's making, but he needs to start actually driving again because he was mm-hmm. so ineffectual. Because the thing is with Josh Doig, he's young and he's raw. The reason that we love him so much is because he's an attacking fullback. Like, because he's young, he's not great at defending yet. That, that comes with experience. Like, he's good at defending, but he's not great. Um, that comes with experience. So he needs to thrive as an attacking fullback. Otherwise, he's not good enough to play in the team. For me, I'd genuinely rather have Lewis Stevenson in, than Doig in his current form. Yeah, and I think like that's sort of what I'm getting at. Like the only game, if I'm getting correct me if I'm wrong, the games Doig's looked all right and would probably have been Ross County at home and probably in an attacking sense Dundee away and he had Murphy in front of him on both times. I think against Dundee he managed to get Ross County, so they got an assist. I think he for was it McGuinness's header, I think he assisted they got to the byline and cut it back. I do think there's a lot because like <laughs> it's funny if you're talking about what people were saying Graham that I sat with at the game said uh, we've been wondering what we'd be like with Martin Boyle for the last two years but we find, found out on Saturday what how good we'd be if Martin Boyle didn't play because he was fucking murdered at the weekend man but yeah I just I felt at the weekend Boyle because I think Boyle sometimes does want as much as he doesn't always offer in fact he rarely offers in behind he gets the ball to feet so I just think he's taking space playing on the left-hand side personally and that doesn't really let but I know you can still overlap and stuff but it's different isn't it? you know what I mean it's like when you play left-back opposed to wing-back as well because obviously last season he played wing-back a lot so he would have Hanlon behind him this season he is definitely playing as a full-back as opposed to a wing-back but anyway right, that's, we scored two goals in quick succession was it sorry a good period at the start of the second half Scott Allen to his credit an unbelievable pass uh, and a great finish for him again Harry Um when we went 1-1, did you think we would really kick on and, and win the game? Um, it's, it's one of those things. I don't think we were in the first half, and as soon as the second half started, I thought that we were a lot better. Um, I think we deserved the goal when it finally came, but yeah, no, it was it was still a pretty mess second half. It was a very mm. good goal. Um, it's Scott Allen back to his best. That's the type of passes that you put him in the team for him. Obviously, McGinn with a finish um, was nice. But yeah, I, I didn't really have that much confidence in the team at the weekend, which was a weird one, because you know what I'm like, I'm happy to didn't feel like um, I know we scored two goals, but it never felt like we were going to score eight, especially nah. in the first half. No, nah, it just it was one of, it felt like one of those days at the office, you know, you know as the cliche goes. I'm I'm, ro- I'm rolling in the cliches today. Um, but yeah, for the, for the penalty though, sorry if I'm skipping ahead, for the penalty, I just didn't understand what their boys did. It's a stonewall of penalty as you're ever going to get. It was absolutely no. bonkers. But yeah, no, my whole second half thoughts were just... Meh, again, I, I thought we looked good for maybe 15 20 minutes, and as soon as that period ended, I thought both teams just looked flat. But we just yeah. sit so deep as soon as we take leads. Like, see, if we've got a two goal lead and we sit back, I don't care. If you've got a one goal lead against a team like St. Mirren, just get the second and kill it off. I don't think that's, I don't think that's generally something that we do, though. I just think that was at the weekend. I, 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 don't I, think... I think it's something that we did quite a lot last season, and when you're away from home, you get away with it because it's a lot easier to counter attack because teams come out more. But at home last season, we drew so many games and it's because we just sat back. I, I, I just I think we were more than good enough to attack St. Mirren until you get the third and fourth goal and then sit back. I would, but, I would agree. I, I would agree. Greg, anyway, um, do you want to come in and talk, the, talk that, that period after half-time, the two goals, uh, the penalty? I mean, Jim Goodwin, I don't know. He's not, I don't know how you can hate that as a penalty. Um, it's, another, it's another strange shout from Jim Goodwin. Um I mean, the, the ref's literally five yards away. He needs to be a lot brighter than that. He's literally got his arms around Porteous. And to be honest, as soon as the ball was kicked, I think Kevin Clancy nice. blew. Um, it, it, it's so blatant. Um, 
I know they go on all oh, that happens in the box, but see if the ref's five yards away, just just don't do it. <laughs> like and the ref's constantly been the ref what are blown the whistle twice. Portrait's just yeah, yeah. the ref is aware of it. So so the ref's been aware of it, um, and the boys decided that he's gonna do it right in front of him. Um so well, that's that's really what you deserve if you if you start that nonsense. Um thought the, the good penalty actually. Um yeah. the net was gonna come off the come at the ground. Um and at that point you're like, Jesus, we've stolen this. We've stolen think... we, we've stolen this lead because we were terrible. Um and I think Harry's right, the second half was very much the same. We we just scored twice. I know that sounds very very negative, but we didn't really do anything to deserve it, to be honest. It's come from a very composed pass from Scott Allen. Um, I think any other player would have tried to absolutely hammer that towards a goal. Very composed, it's a good finish. Yeah. Um, so it's come from a moment of class. And then the second goal has come from a moment of stupidity from them. Other than that, we didn't really, I didn't feel like we really created anything of note. Um, Certainly not anything that. Really oh, we scored. We scored before that as well, didn't we? I don't. I'm still not sure if Boyle touched it. I know. I think at the ground, I thought he did, but yeah. he did definitely yeah. touch it. Eh? Yeah, you could see it from here, and it's not yeah. again decision made. Don't know why. Incredible. From where I was sitting, I looked in. Well, yeah, I seen on the highlights. I'm definitely going in, like eh? before he touched it. So yeah, really, that's just incredible to me. That's so stupid. Um. So yeah, 2-1. <laughs> I think who's, who's gonna set me up for it? Well, I, I think at two one, we're playing we've played straight in the first half, we've come out the second half, we are dominating the game, let's be honest. I think and but we're creating we we'd created a couple of opportunities. I don't we should have scored before Paul McGinn scored, but two fucking sitters blocked McGinnis and Newell, man. It's fucking strike thing. At two one though, you are thinking, right, we'll kick on and we'll see this through. It became very apparent very quickly that the players that weren't offering anything in the final third in the first half were still not offering anything in the final yeah. third. Because, and I said it last week, I don't think Boyle and Nisbet, and it was Scott last week, I would say put McGuinness un- under that, I put Cadden under that last week, and I'd put Scott Allen under it as well. They weren't doing anything off the ball, really. They, we, we, I didn't, I felt like the start of the season, we were winning the ball back quick. We were sort of pressuring teams. It led to fucking Joe Newell's red card in Santa Coloma. I was getting maybe if you, as much as it was a good tackle, maybe getting a little bit too carried away with the press. And the last two games, and I don't think the front three, whoever they have been at any given time, have done anything off the ball. And for me, in turn, that means that we're no getting out because they're no holding on to the ball. And that ultimately will lead the defence to drop five, ten yards. And I know people probably will think I'm a maniac. I would have got Gogic on a hell of a lot quicker than we did because I thought Jake Doyle Hayes in the second half was fucking brutal. And I, honest, I, I'm, honest, I thought our game was brutal, to be honest. Right. Like, it was bad all game. I know he's come back to illness, so maybe that played a factor. And I just I would have got Gogic on a lot quicker. I thought Gogic done well at Tynecastle when he came on. One second balls, managed to keep the, the ball moving. And I, I just I thought that was a really obvious sub, and I thought another one was Martin Boyle had to get hooked. I know he scored a great penalty, but he was really bad at the weekend. And I thought Dre Wright or Jamie Gullen to come on and just support McGinn because they were battering us down the uh, the right side. 
in the second half. And ultimately, that's where the goal comes from. And Boyle is sort of there, but he gets drawn right into the middle of the pitch. McGinn's got to hold it beside. The ball gets played wide. He gets out. Whether you want to say he gets there quickly or not, like he's, there's no way he blocks it unless it literally gets hit straight at him. Because the guy, the guy's hugging the touchline. McGinn's got to hold his position. He can't be if he's out on the man. Then the guy who's got the ball can just fucking waltz into the box. He needs to get support from the winger, which is why I would have had Boyle off because they were dominating us on that side. The ball comes into the box, which was about the 700th ball into the box. It felt like in the last 10 minutes of the game. And Shaughnessy gets on the end of it. And I'm going to use to come in it, but that's fucking pathetic for Scotland. It's really, really, really bad. He tracks Shaughnessy. He sees Shaughnessy. He gets a heavy Shaughnessy into the box. And then he sort of holds him and then just lets him go. Do you want me to play devil's folk, advocate? Folk were hammering Gogic at Dundee. That's a hundred times worse than Gogic at Dundee. And I don't frankly give a fuck if he's an attacking midfielder or no it's simple at that point in the game he's had he's been switched on enough to get into the box and go with him just fucking go with him Josh Doig should tuck in as well but just go with the man just just go with him and then he's got the fucking cheek to throw his hands up in there when the ball goes in the back of the net just fucking go with him I'm not saying he'd win the header but he could at least make it difficult and if he's in front of him he could probably stop it because Joe Shaughnessy's on his fucking knees when he heads in well, so, so there's the difference, right? He's literally thrown himself at the ball, and we we don't do that at all. We don't. Do you know what? I, I'm not even joking. It's it's one step back for Paul Hanlon. He he steps back once. Just read it, right? If nobody shouts, just go and just go and claim it. Make it but yours. He's with his man. He's with his man. But it, see, when the ball comes in, you know if it's going over you or not, right? So. The goalie's not coming as usual, right? The man's free as usual. Josh Doig won't jump for the header. He's only Paul heels Hanlon, this time at the back post, like. Paul Hanlon, take control. He's the captain, take control. It's literally a step back or two steps back from why not just claim it, make it yours. Go and attack the ball for a change. You've just told him he has attacked the ball and he's just no won it. No, he's <laughs> not attacked the ball, though. He just needs to take two steps back and then attack it. I was actually going to do a research before coming on the night and it was just going to annoy me. I was going to actually work <laughs> out how many times we've conceded for crosses this season. And do you know what? Do you know what? It's probably about 10 and that's off the top of my head. It, it is I'm, pathetic. It is I'm, unbelievably pathetic. It is schoolboy stuff, right? You've got a centre-half there, Porteous, who's played over 100 games now. Paul Hanlon's played God knows how many games. They are so experienced in this league. Why not Why not go and attack balls that come at the box? We can't stop balls in the box. That's that's evident. We, we can't stop balls coming at the box. So we need to then attack them. We don't attack the ball ever. Sean yeah, has literally thrown himself at that ball throwing himself with everything he's got and we won't even defend like that. I think for, me, for me, it is so out of order and I don't know if I'm being too critical, but your manager's a defender and your assistant's a defender. What do we work on during the week? Do we actually work on defending during the week or do we work on 
work on 10, 5, 10-yard passes because I'm not joking. This can't go on. I think and every if goal in the league we can see. Right now, then are we beyond help this season already? Harry, do you think there's an acceptance from the team that we are going to concede crosses? Because we mentioned it earlier in the season, it does look like the wingers are cheating a wee bit, almost in the hope of counter-attacking. And we know we're good in the counter. So do you think there's an element of... And I would say switching from a four at the back to three five two. ultimately you're probably leaving yourself with a centre-half lighter in the middle of the, the, the box, putting more reliance on your centre midfielders to help out as well when it comes to actually defending them. Oh, well, you've, you've, you've done a year answered the question by asking the question, mate. Um, yeah, well, as the, the thing is from last season that's so crazy is we were very comfortable with crosses coming in the box last season because Hamlin and Porches dealt with them really well. Um, I don't know who flipped the switch to make it the exact opposite and make them both panic every single time a ball's above knee height. But we just need to grow up and start clearing balls when they come in the box. Um, I'd, it's, it's difficult because obviously ideally McGing blocks the cross and it doesn't come in but I think it's like if you've got a winger versus a fullback they're, they're going as a, as a 50-50 battle unless he's got help like you can't yeah. expect a player to block every single cross that comes into the box I just don't think that's viable um, if, if, he, if every single cross comes over yeah blame the fullback but if he blocks one in every two I don't think he's doing a bad job that's yeah, I, mean, I think I, I don't know if I'm being overcritical, please call me out if I am, but it just seems to be the same stuff that he just... No, but I, I, you're right, Greg, you're, you're and, right. And, and, I think and, every and goal we've conceded in the league has been a cross. You know, I, I just think that the, the players that we've got at the back, three out of four of them are so experienced in this league. Mm -hmm. And do you know what? I can accept, right? I can accept losing goals for for crosses once in a while. I can't accept it being an absolute trend. Um, we're only, what, six games into the season, six, seven games into the season, and it is a trend. And every time a ball goes out for a corner or a winger's running down the line, you can subconsciously hear the panic coming out, coming for the fans, because you know what's coming, because we can't defend. We actually can't defend, like, at all, just defend the ball. Like you literally get paid three, four, five grand a week to head of the ball away for the goal, and we're not aggressive enough at the back for me. We're too powder puffing at times, and, and it it will become a worry. And you know what? Teams, if we can see it, other teams can see it. So they'll just start piling the pressure on us. Then we need to come up with that, come up with something to to do it. I don't think Macy is the type of goal that's going to come out and clap people and win the ball, which is frustrating because he's the size of a skyscraper. For me, he should be up there winning balls, mm. but that that's his game. But for me, Aye. you know, we just need to come up with something that we're actually going to, go to attack balls because it, it is too easy for teams. Yeah, right. Let's... Just, just to jump in, I don't think that um, it's the goalkeeper's fault that we're conceding from crosses because I think that that was a major weakness in Marciano's game. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. improvement in terms of crosses, but I, I don't think it correlates with the keeper because Marciano wasn't exactly a commander of the box either in terms of speaking with his defenders. Um, I, I think it's on the two centre backs, uh, well, three if you include McGregor when he's played this season. I'm just, uh, uh, I'm just making the point that he's not going to come, come for balls, so. So the centre-halves should already know his game. 
they know he's not going to come out and, and take the ball. So we, we really need to really need to sort it because it is beyond a joke already. And we're not even we're not even out of September yet. So I I, I think correct me if I'm wrong. Goals that we've conceded this season, two at Motherwell, two at Dundee, one against St Mirren, that's it, right? Kept clean sheets against Ross County, Hearts and uh, Livy. Aye. So all five goals have come to crosses. No, St Mirren, did you say one or two for St Mirren? Oh, sorry, two against St Mirren, sorry. Because so, uh, the first uh, one wasn't really five, a cross, was it? it was sorry, yeah, no, 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 yeah, sorry, yeah. So five out of six goals that we've conceded have been to crosses. I was thinking that. And I, 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 don't, I don't buy into the... Um, I don't buy into that. Oh, it's all coming for the right hand side because we conceded for the right hand. Like, oh, it's all Paul McGinn because it's coming for the right hand side. Like, we conceded for the right hand side when Lewis Stevenson was out there. We've conceded from three kick crosses. So, like, I just think, like you said, I just there seems to be a lack of understanding in there just now. I I reiterate what I reiterated in the European games. I'm worried, and it's again, I'm going to pinpoint the second goal squad. I'm more worried around about the defending, not from the centre halves, because Gogic lost the man at Dundee, and Doig probably could have done a little bit better tucking in. It was effectively rolled, It was effectively the same at the weekend, but Scott Allen loses him, and Doig could probably do with cutting in against Rieka at home. Joe Newell leaves his man to run off the back of him. Both goals at Motherwell. Eh, Gogic oh. out jumped for one of them to be fair. But the other one, he just goes to the wrong guy, the first goal. So it's, so, 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 the defenders, the, the centre-backs aren't making obvious mistakes. They're not the people losing their men and not winning the headers. and They can't they can win every ball. They've got to rely on the other people that are in there. You know what I mean? There's maybe, what, five, six Bidden players in that box. There's five or six Hibs players in there. It doesn't all come down to Paul Hanlon and Ryan Portress for me. Am I, to, am, I not, am I not right in saying that? We conceded across against Santa Coloma, and was it the four goals away at the Echo we all conceded for crosses? No, one of the I think the fourth one the boy skint of the life. Uh, anyway, well, but, all right, okay, so, so we just like <laughs> just, just the three, just the three. <laughs> <laughs> right, look, as much as we've been really negative, we're still unbeaten in domestic competition this season. Only team in Scotland I've seen earlier that have got that uh, record in their back pocket, if you want to think about that. We're second, <laughs> we're, we're second in the league. Um, look, it could have been better. That We accept that. We've probably not played anyone, maybe other than Hearts away where you probably wouldn't expect to win. So it's been a good start to the season. Um, Motherwell? We've, right, we beat Motherwell. Mm-hmm. Did you say we, we've not played anyone that you wouldn't expect to win? Well, I would expect to win at Motherwell. Is that, is that what you said though, yeah? Yeah, I said I said the only team I said the only game that we probably wouldn't go into like a hundred percent expecting the win would probably been hearts away. Like you would say yeah, oh, like to be honest, like, I'm not so No, I would want I'd I'd want as all right, no, fair enough. Anyway, um <laughs> that wasn't that was not a point, fuck's sake, right? Um and we <laughs> I wanted to make a point around the league as a whole. I just think the weekend's results as a whole just showed that you have to be at it 100%. And obviously nobody that was in the top six going into the weekend won. And we were miles off it, especially in the first half of the weekend. And to be honest, we played for 20 minutes. And if you play for 20 minutes in this league, you're not going to win games of football. But it's time to park that. We're one game away for getting back. Let's have one more point. I was listening to Sports Round on the way home, right? 
and um, Brian Dyke said it was like 25, 30 minutes. And I thought that was extremely generous. I thought I was very generous and all. Like. He's a good 20 minutes out there, to be honest. If you were listening to Sports Sound and any of our listeners, I hope you all enjoyed Stephen Glass's fucking meltdown. If you were listening and all, he is losing the plot. Big I literally time. got home just and, before his interview. Oh, he was nipping like fuck at the interviewer, saying he was putting words in his mouth and that, because like, the interviewer said something about he, he wants to play a swashbuckling attacking style of football, and he's like, "You're using words I've never, I've never used the words in my life. You're putting words in my mouth in that." Oh, he's losing the plot. Bottom six prediction from Ewan coming through, I think. To be fair, to be fair, we can't slag other managers for that because Jack Ross had a bit of a meltdown as well um, <laughs> uh, against that what last year and then after the semi final. So those in glass houses. Um, anyway, Dundee United on Thursday night with a game away for the semi-final. Us three were all heading up to Dundee. Um, he's looking forward to it. Get back on the winning, hopefully get back on the winning horse, train. What do I call it? Dundee United are shite. To be honest, they are. <laughs> they actually are. Um, can't wait for that to come back and bite me, but they actually, they, they don't really... Like they, they got a win against Rangers at that point. Nobody really knew what Rangers were going to be like this season. Um, they, they got a win against Dundee. If, if Lee Griffiths could hit the target, they wouldn't have won by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, uh, let's all set our fibs to get pumped in it. I think if we score goals, if, the, if our forward players show up, we win the game. Dundee United have won three games this season, all one now. And I don't think they've scored in their other games. Outside the League Cup, I mean, that's obviously in the league. I think if our forward players, if we create like we know we can create, then we win the game. But my worry is in the last two games, as much as it was annoying to concede the goal late at the weekend, I still believe our issues are in the last two games, post-international break, have been in the final third more than the defensive third. So... I just want to see a response from those up to the top end of the park. What about yourself, Harry? I just think that Dundee United are the most boring team in the top flight at the moment. I think they play very backwards football, got installed by Mickey Mellon, and it's not really left this season. Um, I, I don't think it's deniable that they've got a good defence. Um, even against the likes of Hearts, when they got beat, they only conceded two. Like I, I don't think they've conceded more than two this season, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I think you're spot on, mate. I, I think they just they, they do well to keep themselves in games and the smashing like typical smashing grab type team. If you like your XG, they've probably got less than one XG every game they play and they still manage to get points. Um clean sheets are a huge thing, but fortunately in cup games, clean sheets don't mean a lot. Um so hopefully we can actually open them up. And I, 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 we've got an alright record under Ross at Tanner Dice, if I'm not mistaken. We've won two out of two, and then we drew in the, drew in the cup. Um, cup against them the year before. Um, so, yeah, no, if, if we can, if, as you said, if we play to our strengths and we play our game, then I've no doubt that we can go there and beat them. We're a substantially better team. But if you're wanting an exciting game, I would not recommend travelling up, because I think it's going to be a very boring slugfest of a football match. Yeah, um, so they've, they've scored four goals in six games in their last six in all competitions that's including the last round against their United when they drew 1-1 and they went they went through on penalties and I think they I think they scored in 
did it was it nil now and then both teams scored an extra time or they scored yeah. a oh no or they scored a last minute equaliser or something because I'm sure they had a wee pitch invasion or maybe aye, that was did, after the did. penalty shootout or something. Um, aye, aye, Dundee United are a weird one because you look at the ones that they've had Dundee Derby, St Johnston away and Rangers at home. To be honest, so they, we like, one of me say saving that 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 Dundee goal he had an absolute howler. I think he let it go through his hands. Uh, I never yeah, seen the. Oh, I know, uh, I never seen the game. I was. Um, I I just I think I, I agree with both of you entirely. I just don't think it's going to be a thrilling game. Um, I'm really really glad that I bought my tickets before we started recording this because Harry's that sales pitch has really put me off. Um, Sorry for being realistic. <laughs> but no, I really. Off, to be honest. I think we'll. I think we'll. I think we'll have enough. I do. I. I. I expect that we'll have enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, Greg Scott Allen, you were watching Lyrical a little bit about him there. Um, do you think he'll come into the team and any other changes? Was I waxing Lyrical about him? Well, he said he was unbelievable or whatever you want. Well, I said that anyway. unbelievable pass doesn't make him unbelievable. <laughs> um, I, I probably wouldn't play him to be honest. I think you've seen when he was chasing back, um, in the second half, he tried to take the ball, the, the boy, out, um, on the halfway line. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think he's fat enough to be honest. I don't think he's fat enough to start the game. Um as of yet. I think he needs more minutes. I think what changes would I make? I've not got enough players to make the changes I want to make. Um I think I, I don't know. I'd maybe I'd maybe play Cadden instead of Paul McGinn. That's just a personal preference that I've got through the whole season, though that's not just based on Saturday. If you were to play Cadden over Paul McGinn, what would you be looking at? Like three five two with Cadden at wing back and either McGregor or Wood coming in, or are you talking someone else playing in the sort of wide positions? I was probably got play... injured at the weekend. Harry, you started, let me finish. Sorry. Um I would <laughs> I would say this before Harry piped up to be fair, I just want to get out of there. Um I'd maybe give James Scott a game out wide left. I think that is his position. I don't he think yeah, he's fit. I think he's fit now, isn't he? I think that's what John Potter said today. Um, but yeah, I think I would, I would probably try and play him out wide, to be honest, because he always seems to try and drift out left. Mm-hmm. So um, it's probably a better alternative than trying to shoot on Boyle or Cadden out left. Um, I don't really know where Dan McKay is, but I think he's injured. Aye, um, that, I think he got injured one. before the derby, to be honest. I think. Aye, but it had to be in the warm up because he was initially on the bench. Yeah, I think it was in the warm up to be honest. Um so yeah, I think I think that I would play James Scott Wife. Um I, 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 there's really to be honest, I can understand why folk think there's maybe not a lot of options because you do look at the bench and it's not great, but there is folk out, so it's one of them. Yeah. For me, I well, would in my opinion, I think no, on you go, mate. On you go. It's absolutely fine. All right. Well, I started. Um, sorry. Anyway, started, so I think it. James Scott was absolutely howling when he was out wide at Tiny. Yeah, um, I, I just think that 
I think it was, was a good time like, he was playing to be honest. I, I, I think it was playing me, like I thought he was I, playing like false nine number nah, ten. There was there was a few times on the in the first half where he got the ball and his first touch just absolutely killed the player. I don't know if he wasn't up to speed that game for some reason. I think he looked a lot better at Dundee away than he did at Tynecastle, and I think he was definitely up top at Tynecastle. I think for Kevin Nisbet as well to get the best out of him, I think he does someone up top with him. So I think playing wingers off him just doesn't seem to be working as we said earlier. For me, I'd, I'd feel a lot more comfortable if we were playing Scott to have two up top. And if not, then I'd rather see Boyle up top than just have Nisbet there on his own. OK. I so, suppose to be fair, Scott up front with Nisbet would probably work because he might drift out wide and try and support or whatever. Um, yeah. Do, play, like, I know he's not fit, but when Jimmy Murphy plays, Josh Lloyd has got no protection either. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think... I think the fullbacks are hiding in a hand, regardless, to be honest, because they're really not getting any support. And yeah, I'd like to go back to three five two for this game. I'd like to just, I think it's a chance to 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 try it again with the way we're playing this year. Because it, well, let's be honest, it worked. One eighty ninety percent of the games last year, it pretty much worked unless we were playing St Johnston, who just matched it up and we didn't really have an answer. Would for me, if I would keep Scott on the bench even if he's fit because it does give you an option off the bench, and and as as much as that sounds stupid, and I would potentially, as much as I'm saying I wasn't, I would maybe look to start Scott Allen. I think I'd rather start him on. I, I just look at we're playing on Thursday. We're playing on Sunday. I'd rather play him on Thursday against Dundee United than Sunday against St Johnson. And, to, and you know what I mean and I'm, if he's going to st- this has been negative but if he's going to stink the place out I'd rather it be on Thursday night than Sunday I, I, think, think I think that's a fair point up. as well because in terms of the typical Scott Allen game um, against mm-hmm. a team that holds more men back yeah. than most teams do in the league it's probably the best team to have more against yeah and I would personally go I'd still keep Messi in goals uh, I think we've seen that Jack Ross probably doesn't want to rotate. He only rotated in the Scottish Cup last year because obviously wanted, he knew Macy was going to be number one this year. I would go 3-5-2 with, I would just go last year's back three. In fact, last year's back five, if you like, Boyle, right wing back, um, McGinn, Porteous, Hanlon, Josh Doig, centre midfield, um, if Scott Allen plays, I'd play McGinnis, Allen and Newell. If Scott Allen doesn't play Jake Doyle Hayes, but just Jake Doyle Hayes looked a bit off at the weekend, so I think maybe just give him a little bit more time to recover from whatever the illness is. Uh, maybe drop him, and then that would mean Scott would have to play up front. But like I said, I would maybe I would maybe keep Scott on the bench, which would result in putting Cadden right wing back and Boyle up top. Which I think would work fine. I think uh, Cadden probably had his best game for Hibs at Dundee United at wing back. Boyle played through the middle and caused him a lot of problems as well. So it'd be interesting to see if we go back to that. Um, and because I, I think we could pretty much name that eleven, just Kyle McGinnis would play as opposed to um, Jackson Irvin. Jackson Irvin, because I also wouldn't be against Alex Gogic coming in from the start. I think Dundee United are a physical team, and. I don't think in the last two games Gogic has done himself any harm in comparison to the other centre midfielders, if I'm honest. You know, you know what I mean? If you're judging it off the merits of the last game, the last two games, I'd probably go as far as say Gogic and he's well, about 70 minutes over the two games has been the best of the bunch in midfield. 
But McGuinness, Newell, Joel Hayes never really cut it at the weekend. McGuinness was, I, I don't know. I just, it's a lead see, cut. See. I really I want to win, but I think there's got to be. I think we look tired. We were off it at the weekend, and I think it's really important that people say that we don't have a squad, but we where we have options to use them. I think we should try and use them. So if even just a small bit of rotation, just to try and keep players fresh for the weekend, but still put out a strong team to beat Dundee United. Because I'll be honest, I'd rather win on Thursday than Sunday. Because... Why can't we win both? Well, no, I think... No, I think, if I'm, if, I think we will win both, just to be totally yeah, clear. But I think we will win both games. But we can get to a semi-final of cup against the seventh league game of the season. You know what I mean? I think over the course of the season, we are going to lose games. But I think we're going to win both games. I, I really do. Uh, score prediction, Greg, for Thursday night? Um, I'll go 1-0 if Gogic is playing. Hibs. If he's not playing, then it's going to be 2-0 Hibs. Hibs both ways, though? Yeah. Okay. Goal scorers? I don't really care at this point, to be honest. Just get them on the fucking night and keep a clean sheet. Thing. Five ten proper passes together, I'll be over the moon with that. Basically, just get back to what we've seen in the first few. And if we can defend as well, that would be excellent. Don't think that. Don't think that's asking too much, which is unusual for you. Harry, uh, well, prediction well, for the Dundee United game? I think it's going to go to penalties, and it's going to be a monotonous nil-nil draw for 120 minutes. Winner on penalties. Oh, it's, it's a lottery, mate, isn't it? It's a lottery. You know what they say about penalties? Not a lottery. Is it not it's a lottery? Another, not a lottery. How's that a lottery? Are they fucking back in the net? It's, it's, no it's, heads or tails if you score a miss, to be honest, and anyone that misses a penalty at this level of football um, without the goalie making an unbelievable save is yeah, at I don't, it. Like, I don't agree that penalties are a lottery because, see, would you have said it was a lottery if Martin Boyle scored at the weekend? Well, ultimately... It's just that 10, 15 times. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's so many things. And do you know who says it's a lottery? The team that lose on penalties. That's who says it's a lottery. The Euro Cup final was definitely all skill like. That was 100% skill. Especially that wee sack I got missing his. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, um, I'll, I'll but, go but I think it's a, lottery for, it's a lottery for the goalies because they obviously, they're ah. guessing. But if you're a, if you're a, a, if you're taking a penalty for me, you need to be confident in your own mind where you're going. And like the the only way you should miss is if the goalie makes an unbelievable save. Yeah. For me, I'm I'm gonna say Hibs will edge. I don't think it'll be a thriller. Well, if you say Greg one slash two now, you'll make your mind yeah. up when you see a team. Harry, you said no now. I'll say I'll say two now Hibs irrelevant of the team. Uh, two two now Hibs. I think we'll get enough done, and I think we will. Keep a clean sheet because yeah, hopefully we can just like we said, Dundee United don't score loads of goals, and I just think if we can score first and ease ourselves into the game, we'll just a nice enjoyable evening in Dundee, which nobody's ever had. Um, right, and then we've got St Johnson in the league. Um, I know it's a bit shite when we preview two games because we've got Thursday night and they've got a game midweek, so injuries and stuff like that. Um, but St Johnston have proven to be a little bit shite. Um, Sticky for us, shall we say, over the last few years, Greg. What have you made of their start to the season, though? Do you think this is the same St. Johnson team? Obviously, just got their first win in the season. Okay, let, 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 let's just dispel that myth. Right? 
I'm sick of this. Or St. Joseph have been sticky for us. They've been sticky because we've been shit. Right? There we go. End of conversation. We've been shit against them at every opportunity last season. Right? End of. Right? The start of the season, they've sold their good players on the cheap. They're relying on Stevie May for goals. Am I right in saying that's our first one of the season? It is. I just told you that. Right? Right, there we go. That, that just says it all. I'm not, really gonna, I'm not really going to look at how good Aberdeen are because they're not good at all. They're not a good team. So, for me, there, there are no excuses anymore because we, we've had it all last season with St. John's and we can't beat them. So, how about we try something different this time instead of the same shit that we tried every game last season? And, and we, we can't match them and that was proven last season. So, we couldn't match them last season for whatever reason, so you know, let, let's go and try something different. Let's actually go and try and impose our style on the game this time. They're not they're not impossible to beat. They're not Barcelona or any of the big teams in the world. They're St. Johnston Football Club, who Hibs should be beaten, if I'm honest. Every, every time we play them. Self-entitlement, I know, but they, they they shouldn't they shouldn't be anywhere competing near us, if I'm honest. But and last last season they proved that they were oh, far, uh, they, they were not not a superior team, but but they know how to play against us and they could get results against us. So yeah, yeah. Last season I, was I, incredibly frustrating them because we played the same way every time, and they could read us like a book. And and yeah. I agree that we should be beating St Johnson. And I think we will. I do. I do think we'll beat them in the weekend. Um, but I do think there's got to be some credit given to St. Johnson as a club. I think over the last ten years they've been the most competitive team outside the old front. They've won three trophies. They've finished routinely in the top six. Something that Hibs haven't done. Hearts haven't done. But, but does that not make you frustrated? That, that it I, does. It does make me frustrated. It does make me frustrated. But you've still got to credit them as a club. Oh, we should be beat, and whenever Hibs line up in a one-on-one game against St Johnson, and just an, an exclusive game against St Johnson, I would back Hibs to win that game. And for whatever reason, in the last few years we haven't. But I think St, when people say clubs like St Johnson, well, clubs like St Johnston, I would they are punching above their weight. But is it still punching above their weight if they've been doing it routinely for the best part of a decade now? Or well, they've been doing just... routinely in the cup. They've not been doing it routinely in the league. They finished top six in like eight Aye, of the top last six. ten seasons. We, we at the moment have the third best team in Scotland. And in terms of the cups, fair play to St Johnston. They've done amazing in the cup. You can't deny them that they were absolutely brilliant. But in a ninety-minute game in the league, we should be pumping them. No, Simple I agree. Ads. I agree. We should beat them in ninety minutes. But you've got to give a like when people say teams like St Johnston. St Johnston are comfortably an established top six team, really. I don't think they'll do it this season. I don't think they're good this season. I'll be honest, I really don't. I think losing Kerr and McCann will just highlight how pissed they are going forward because they've got no goals in their team until they come to Easter Road at the weekend and score one and it'll be 1-0. But... Well, do you know what's going to happen? I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen, right? Glenn Middleton's going to rip the shit out of us and O'Halloran will, will fucking bully the two centre-halves. So there we go. There's my prediction <laughs> right now. But can, can you not see, like... So St Johnston can do it. Well done to them, you know, fair play. Hibs wouldn't, well, 
Hibs fans would not accept. Hibs fans would not accept the way St Johnson play football, no matter what the results were, because you've seen it last year. We finished third in the league, and people would play shite football. We can say teams like St Johnson do it. St jo- and I said they've Maybe consistently been top six. And ha- well, no, but listen. I, I, see it. Listen. Tell me right now. Even if Hibs had won both cups last season, if we started this season like St Johnson did. This have all led this season. Jack Ross would have naked in the bag. Like Hibs right. fans would not accept, and you can like Hibs fans have, and I and like if Callum Davidson has lifetime fucking, he can do whatever the fuck he wants at St Johnson. I reckon now, and do you know what? Rightly fucking so. And I would say the same for anyone today with Hibs if they managed us to get two cup wins. And but it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It's no how it would pan out. We'd be losing That's our a- fucking shit. We're sitting second in the league, and if you go on Twitter, we finished third last season. We're sitting second in the league. Going Twitter, you think we're the fucking bottom? Like, anyway, we'll be getting... spoiled. We, we, we will when... be uh, if we miss Boyle. Like, if Boyle's not fit, we'd be the bottom sixteen. There's my take on it. No, but can you not understand, been... like, so Callum Davidson? That, that was that not his first season of management last season? Uh, yes, I. Right, and he's outsmarted Jack Ross on every occasion that we played them. That's literally not true because we beat them last year and we drew. Well, okay, other than two occasions. So almost so, half the time, just for, so almost half so, the occasions. Right, and what did we win last season? Nothing. No, but this is what I'm saying, right? I, I, but, wait, so now, but that's what I'm saying. St. John, so, but then you're saying we should be governing them, but they just won the cup. They didn't they just beat Hibs? You know well, I mean? you're right, just beat Hibs, but I tell you what, if they played us every week, they would have won the league. Well, you mean it was at Ibrox? Give credit, Greg. Like, they, like, I'm not being funny, but they wouldn't have won the league if they played us in the league because we drew twice. Like, we took as many points off them in the league as they took off us. Yeah, do you want the Callum Davidson hot take? He's done an absolute <laughs> John Collins, by the way. He inherited a very good team, and now that the team's falling apart, he'll do nothing to recruit anybody else. The, the, main, the main reason he won two cups, fair play to him, he set them up to defend well. The main reason he won two cups is because that squad was unbelievable. That's what we go, Harry, right? So he set them up to defend well. There we go. That is what is missing at Hibs. He set them up to defend well. I, but if, if we set up to defend well, you'd, 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 you'd have more than bench sheets at the window. You'd have bonfires at the window, mate. Defend. We do it, we still can't defend. No, you'd be, you wouldn't be happy if we... You, you, I'm, saying you, I'm not happy to 99, God, 99% of Hibs fans wouldn't be happy if we played like St Johnston, no matter what the results were. No matter what the results were, if we won the occasional game one nil, drew nil nil all the time, and lost the occasional game one nil, go back and look at St Johnson's games for last season. The majority of their games are one nil, two one, one one. Hardly any goals. They drew a lot of games. They didn't lose many, and they didn't really win that many. They went on a mad run after Christmas and New Year, where they went unbeaten for quite a bit, and a lot of them were draws. I'm sure under no circumstances would Hibs fight. Look, Hecky was almost playing St Johnson football I would say he went on a real big unbeaten run and then we lost all the games in the split and people wanted them sacked in the split for the way we were playing I mean to be fair <laughs> I, I want them sacked until they got beat off hearts but he somehow managed to wangle another few months I'm not, yeah look, that's what I'm not saying I'm just saying Hibs fans as a whole a lot of people want them gone that summer we were there we were all there that pre-season and in League Cup games folk were just done before the season had even really started. 
Like, that Alma game was, was the peak yet, to be honest. That was funny then. <laughs> Oh, anyway, look, we've got totally sidetracked. Uh, we beat them anyway, no, but listen, right, so the, the thing is, right, St Johnston done well last season. They did, right. They they defended well. They they managed to, to to beat to beat us in, in the cup final and I think that that was a theme in the cup for us last season where we, we wouldn't really perform. So well, no, it's not a theme in the cup because you can't get to finals and semi-finals if you don't perform. No, but I, at, at Hamden, shall we say, I thought that that would be my my take on it. I'm not meaning the <laughs> cup as a whole. Can't that one. <laughs> get there, but I think at Hamden in the bigger games we didn't really perform at all. I mean, we'd, we'd done all right against Dundee United, but they are toilet and they were toilet last season, so. I thought we played well against Hearts. We just didn't take chances in the first half. That game should right, have been anyway, anyway, right, let's, let's park this. I've played my part. Right, Harry, see you another Harry, St. John, St. Johnston on Sunday. What have you made of their start to the season? You have said that you think Alan Davidson inherited a good squad, lost a couple of players. What are you expecting from them? Same as last season? And a little, just a little bit worse, or what? No, I, I think last season they started the season off very poorly. Um, going into the semi-final, you were talking about how we were going to gub them 3-4-0. Thank um, you. Because they were that tight. Um, and then they started playing three at the back and they just defended everything, took advantage of set pieces and they started thriving in cup competitions because you get away with it. They're, they're not a team that's set up to qualify for Europe through the league. Like, yeah, they finished fifth last season, but they're not going to consistently get away with it, especially without Kerr, because Kerr is as good as... Um, McCart is, and as good as Gordon is, they're they're not good enough to carry the defence the way that Kerr did. And McCann was the only former like outlet that they actually had that could carry them up the field. Without those two players, they're going to struggle a lot this season. Hibs at mm. home to St Johnston, we're going to concede from a ninety third minute free kick to make it two all in the last minute, but huh. it should be a comfortable win. We've we've seen this story so many times across the year across the years with St Johnston, and we should comfortably be beating them. And there's no doubt in my mind. Do I, you I think Davidson. I think, we will. I, th- I, think we, I think we will. I, I think we're due them a pumping. I think, fuck them. I think we should just we go and attack them. We say that every year about hearts. See, when you say about hearts, when you're due them a pumping, you say about hearts because they're your rival and then they've had so many fun pumpings of us and we want it back. But against St Johnston, they're a pish team that deserves to be put in their place. We should be putting St Johnston in their place. We'll see. I think it'll be a tight. I, I, I think it'll be, um, they've got no confidence against us on Sunday, to be honest. I think it'll be a tight game, but I think we'll edge it. Like St Johnson, St Johnson is a team that rarely are out of games. You've seen it against Rangers; they went one goal off, and like even Aberdeen, they were obviously nil nil for the majority of games scored late on. Just sort of looking at their uh, the fixtures uh, that they've had so far this season and the results, like it is, it's it, it's snooze fest for fucking City, honestly. Like it isn't great, like. 1-0 Aberdeen, 2-1 Rangers, 0-0 against 10-man St Mirren, 1-0 against Dundee United with 10-men loss, 2-2 draw at Arbroath, 1 on penalties, um, 1-1 against Motherwell um, on the second game of the season, and 0-0 against Ross County. So, like, it's not it's not going to be a high-scoring affair, is it? And I think that would... It feels like a really big week for Hibs, Um over the two games and it's probably two games that are going to be tight probably low scoring and if I feel like if we can come out on the right side of both games it'll be absolutely massive obviously you'll have a semi-final in the League Cup and you'll be in a really good position in the league because 
the fixtures that are coming after this in the league aren't all that generous. You've got Rangers away, Dundee United at home, and then you've got Aberdeen away, Celtic at home. So I feel like this week is huge for Hibs, and I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I think this team will, I think this team will come out of it in a semi final and still unbeaten in the league with a with a home victory against St Johnson. I think we'll beat St Johnson two 0 at the weekend, but it will not be pretty because it's never pretty against St Johnson for anyone. And that's the thing. Like I think people get very wrapped up and they see a team doing well, and obviously St Johnson do have a really good record against us, so it makes it even easier. But you see a team doing well, and you directly look at it just how your team's performing against them. Like St Johnson routinely make it difficult against anyone that they're playing, and. It will be difficult, but I think we'll I think we'll come out on top. And both and just, just make a point on something you've said there. You say we've got. Uh, did you say it was a tricky run of fixtures? I think after yeah, I mean playing last season, the, you're playing three of the top four from the other the other teams that made up the top four last season. And as much <laughs> as I don't think Aberdeen are great, I still think going to Pataudry is sort of difficult. But I think playing Celtic is going to be hit and miss because. I think it could be a very high-scoring game because both teams' strengths are going forward and going high. I, like, I think if we're... I don't want to get onto it, obviously, yet, but if we're brave enough, then I think those games are are absolutely yeah. winnable. Um, especially, I mean, Aberdeen, Aberdeen away, um, Rangers away, their fans get on them. It's, it's a free-for-all. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if we can come out these two games in decent shape, then it sets us up for yeah for games yeah. that we can win if we want to be brave. But it's whether we that's want why to I think it, yeah. these games or not. I think, that is what, like, I think it's why it's a big like, few days. Like, I think it's a big few days because if you come out of it with uh, I was going to say six points, but sort of a semi final and three points, you're going to go into the games feeling feeling yeah. pretty good about us. You're going to be seven games unbeaten in a league. You're going to be in a league cup semi final. You're going to go to Ibrox and you're going to be. Not, I don't like thinking we can get a result. Even if we don't get a result, you're coming out and going right. We've still had a good start to the season. We're there or thereabouts. You know what I mean? But if we go into that on the back of two draws, say we don't beat Dundee United and we draw with St Johnson again or something, you're like fuck. We've no one in four games. As I feel like the next, I feel like Thursday and Sunday are massive and they they are going to be tricky games. But I think we'll I think we'll come out on the right side. Yeah. What about you, Harry? Um, can I just say, I think it's the most hymns mentality of all time to say that I don't think we've got a chance of beating St Johnston, St. Johnston. and then saying Aberdeen, Rangers and Celtic are all winnable games. Uh, like That is the most hymns thing I've ever heard and I've abided by that for most of my life, to be fair. So I'm glad that there's definitely a lot of Hibby and Greg that show through there. Um, I don't think we can beat St Johnston at home, but see the following weekend, I brought three no hymns. Winnable. Winnable. We've done it before. We, we have done no, it we before, have. yeah. No, we yeah. got beat 2-0 off Hearts Easter Road and then went to Ibrox and won 3-0. So, ah, like, Good times. Patterns. Absolute patterns. <laughs> if I had to put a prediction for Sunday, I would say 2-2. I, I just... 2-2. Aye, I can't be bothered with Harry's feeling glum. I'm predicting two draws this week because we're not top yeah. league anymore. Yeah. We're, we're obviously, Harry, I don't know if we should be, an, I won't announce too much, but we're having a sort of leaving night for yourself, not leaving the podcast, but you're obviously moving on to a, a new phase in your working career. So we could obviously <laughs> start on that. We're, we're, we're a raging fucking hangover on Sunday and all, so I really hope that's going to make it any fucking worse. Oh, God, mate. Oh, God. And uh, the thing is, as well, that'll probably be my last Hibs game for the foreseeable, that St Johnston one, because I'm obviously, as you say, I'm heading down south, so 
most of my commentary will be based off Hibs TV. I'll be having very differing opinions from you boys at the game. Who is on Hibs TV this year? Actually, I've not even seen anything. Gordon Smart's doing a lot of the a lot of the hosting. He's all right. Big D seems to be doing the majority of the hosting, and obviously Matty from Longbangers was on with Stuart Lovell uh, June uh, on Saturday. So I think it, I think, I think people seem fairly happy. You don't really see any. You see Hibs announcers on it and stuff, but you obviously don't hear much about it because the majority of season ticket holders are able to get to the games now. I think it's a good right. thing that they're offering it. Uh, I think it's a good thing that they're offering it. Um, like if you can't attend the game or that, like at least for this season, you're still going to get on your season ticket, which is handy. And another real good piece of news that I want us to finish on, and we will talk about it next week because it's coming, but um, the women's team, the Edinburgh Derby at Easter Road, over 2,000 tickets already um, sold. The club, are, I think it's really good. The initiative the club are doing here, letting people in for free, really trying to get people behind the women's team and the women's game in general. Um, Harry, you're not able to go, unfortunately, are you? Because like you say, you're getting prepped for... Uh, going away but Greg you looking forward to it? Yeah I mean I think that I'm getting the red carpet rolled out for us next Wednesday so that'll be good um, <laughs> Yeah no look it'll be good um, I'm quite guilty of not having watched a lot of women's football um, but it's an Edinburgh derby so you know always up for them but no it'll be good I think it'll be good insight for us to to properly see what the women's game like, I think it's only really Harry that's had that because um, his sister is a, an excellent football player. Um, play on a million times the player Harry is. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she's probably had a million times the player I am as well. So, um, yeah. But no, I think it'd be good. It'd be good to get to get to Easter Road and kind of, I guess, because a smaller crowd that will be, you'll see more celebrities there like us. Are you disappointed, guy, that you're not going to be able to make it long? I'm disappointed, but boys, you've got a task set up for you because I've actually been to one Hibs Hearts women's game. Um, Hearts took the lead very early on, and then Hibs proceeded to score seven goals. So, 7 1 is the record that you've got to beat for your first time in Derby, and if not, then I win. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we'll do a proper look ahead to it next week. Obviously, we'll review the uh, Dundee United game, the St John's game, and like I said, we'll look ahead to the Rangers game and we'll look ahead to the women's Edinburgh Derby. So next week's podcast could well be uh, a rather bumper episode and I've got to fit that in amongst moving house as well. So <laughs> hopefully, but I think we'll manage to record on Monday evening. It should be absolutely fine. Um, but yeah. Thanks once again for uh, listening. Boys, thank you for joining me. Cheers. We'll be back next week. Cheers.